0: Welcome to the Identity Talk for Educators Live podcast, the show for the unsung heroes of education. I'm your host, Kwame Sarfamensa. And on this podcast, I highlight the unspoken and unsung heroes who are changing the education game as we know it. Every day, I come across the work of so many incredible educators who simply don't get the recognition they deserve. So on this podcast we will provide you, the audience, with an opportunity to learn the personal stories of these incredible educators and the specific elements that shape who they are in and out of the classroom. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to a brand new episode of I Dane Talk for Educators Live. I'm your host, Kwame Sarfamensa. If you're tuning in with us for the first time, we welcome you. We hope that you come back. For our regular listeners, welcome back for another episode. And for those that want to continue to receive content on this podcast, make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Anchor, all podcasting platforms. We're all over providing this quality content. Now, today's guest, I'm just so excited for. Um, this brother is somebody who I follow pretty frequently on social media, always providing some encouraging words. Um, he's an author, he's an educator, MMA fighter, <laughs> daredevil. I mean, There's so many names I could describe for this brother, but I'm so glad to talk to him about what he does in his school, but also his book, Next Level Teacher, which is a phenomenal book. And if you haven't purchased it, you have to purchase it. It's just a great book to have. So I wanna welcome to the show Mr. Jonathan Alzheimer How you doing, brother?
1: I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show, dude. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the time 100%. I, Man, I'll tell you what, I get all geared up, revved up, hyped up, you know, excited for talking education, whatever it is, man. So, like, once again, man, thank you for having me on the show. You got me all ready to go, dude. I'm
0: psyched. Uh, <laughs> And this is the energy that we need. You know, when clinical <laughs> difficulty happens, hey, what yeah, we need right yeah, now. Yeah, you can't have – number one, you yeah. can't have a show without a little energy. And
1: I'll tell you what, if you're a teacher and you're not fired up to talk about education, I don't know what you're doing in this profession because this profession ain't easy. It's not for everybody. So if you're going to be in it, you might as well be in it 100%. Oh,
0: no, for sure. I mean, and there are many things we can commiserate about when it comes to this field. But the one thing that always brings us into this field are the children that's what brings the passion every single day. That's what gets us going. So I want to talk, before we even get into all that, let's talk about your upbringing because I know that, you know, your father was an educator. I know your wife's an educator. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you were brought up, and what ultimately brought you into the field of education.
1: Yeah, dude, that's a great question. I love that question because it seems so simple, but for me it's so complex, man. I am – I'm a middle school teacher. I teach at the Fredlin middle school. Um, probably one of the, if, if not the most famous school on the planet, you know, cause we have documentary series about how our school kind of went from a failing school for years and years and years. And i have been there for years yes. to, um, to, to, to become an accredited and going to the other side of the track, so to speak. And, and yeah, man, my wife's an educator, my father's an educator, retired, my mom's an educator, retired, like I was born and bred in the world of education. But unlike most people often say this, I think, and I even mentioned it in my book, man, when I went into classrooms as a student, I bet every single teacher was like, oh, this kid, you know, his, his parents are, you know, good people, they're educators, this kid's probably a straight A student, man. And I was just like, not that at all. You know, I was yeah. the kid who had an, had an energy about myself, you know, but I walked into a classroom and I just... Man, I would do all the work. I'd never get in trouble. I'd always be respectful, man. And I, but I just struggled in school, man. I struggled in school. And because of that, because of that, eventually I turned it around. You know, I got a, I got a, you know, I got my college education. Obviously, I got a master's in literacy, and then I got a second master's in educational leadership. I got one B shy of a 4.0. You know, I had one B out of all the classes in my first master's and I was like come on man like yeah, come man. on right what what a story that would be so when I went back to school the second time to get my second master's to be a principal I was like I'll, I'll do whatever it takes and at the time you know I had two little kids I was teaching all day and then I was and then I was doing I was speaking at the same time I was writing my book at the same time sometimes I'd be doing my my classwork until midnight and then I'd open up and write a chapter till 1am man and I was like it doesn't matter I have to get a 4.0 like I have to I just have to and of course I graduated before my book was finished but I just had this passion for there's got to be other kids like me you know other yeah. kids like me that just they want to do well they want to do this they want to do that you know but things are just tough for them man it's just things were tough for me so I was like you know what I want to get in the world of education because it's number one what my family's all about but I also want to inspire kids I want to motivate kids I want to be a mentor to kids. And, you know, obviously I love teaching just content in general. So I enjoy that, but I I enjoy the personal part of it too. Like getting to know people, you know, getting to know people. And at the same time as I feel like I'm teaching my students, I'm learning a lot about myself in the process. And I love that, dude. I just, I love that. And I love to see the look on a kid's face when they just all of a sudden, boom, they get it. And I'm like, Oh, like that's what, that's what it's about, man. That's That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And then to see kids too, that like, they just like, it doesn't, I don't know about you, but like, sometimes I just like, I, I I didn't want to hear it from my parents. I had to hear it from somebody else. You know, I had to hear it from a coach or I had to hear it from a, you know, a teacher of some sort, or even the principal. And like, I want to be that guy, that teacher for my kids. I want to be that person that they look back. And, and I always say this, I said it in my book, man, like when you go through your world of education, your walk through school, like whether you love school or hated school, you had that one person, maybe you had more than that, but you had that one person that did it for you. You probably had that one person like I did. Who made you feel probably bad about yourself too? I I remember I had a teacher that said I was stupid. I had a teacher that said I would amount to nothing. Yeah, I've like, read about there's that. The, there's those too, man. There's those two. and so I don't want to be that person, man. I want to I want to like eliminate that from kids' memories, man. I want to be the person that like they look back and maybe they didn't have me in class, but they remember walking down the hallway and maybe that maybe like I said, my mom you know was a cancer survivor and at one point she was battling for her life, and I can imagine as an adult, like I was, I didn't cry much in my life. You know, I cried at my wedding, cried at the birth of my kids. I remember I cried when I found out my mom was terminal, which she survived. But if I was like 12 years old, walking down the hallway or even 16, like what that would do, no matter how perfect your life could or might be or isn't, you know, you could have it all together. But at that moment you're crumbling and I could be that person or you could be that person or somebody else could be that person Walk down the hallway and just uplift that student for a moment. Yeah. And at that moment, they're like, I remember you, and I didn't even have you as a teacher. Like, that's, to me, that's what it's about. That's what yeah. it's about.
0: And we're going to get into student empowerment and just how it can be used to transform school culture, because that's just a huge thing. But what's amazing about your story, as I read your book, is the fact that you and I have so many parallels in our lives. I mean, we both had to come through adversity. I was an IP student growing up was in the self-contained special education class and I had students teasing me for different reasons. I wasn't riding the big yellow bus. I had, you know, the small van with the carrying school children sign at the top. So I know how it feels to deal with adversity as a young child. And then you have people who are naysayers who doubt you and your ability to excel academically and to interact socially with others. So I I had those I had those challenges, you know, growing up. So when you share your story and your adversities, it just rings true to how important it is to persevere and to be persistent in the midst of all those challenges and difficulties and to come on the other side, you know.
1: Man, and, I, you know, I got to say this, man, not to cut you off, but like what you yeah. just said and how it relates to obviously – you have a you kind of feel like you relate to my story and I relate to everything you just said I feel like this it doesn't matter like pain and struggle is universal and as hard as for that is for people to understand like it doesn't matter who you are where you come from what country you're from or religion any of that like no matter how no matter who you are you are dealing with some sort of adversity in your life it could be something that's tremendous it could be I have students that like some of them deal with struggle that I, can, I can't I can even imagine going through some of the things that the stories they tell me, right? But whether it's a huge scale, whether it's a small scale, whether it's you personally, or whether in my case, and it was my mom or other people in my life, like, you have pain. And so often people try to hide that pain or mask that pain. I know I did. Like, I tried to almost put on a facade, like, oh, everything's fine. Like, my life, you know, whatever. And I'm sure to an extent, so many other people do too. And that's the power of educators, like, to kind of see through that and, and kind of look at kids and be like, you know, what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge you. Um, it's okay. Cause here's my struggle. Like we have a, we have a similarity here. Now let's work off of your strengths yep. and let's turn this into something awesome. You know?
0: No, absolutely. But let's go ahead and just talk about next level teaching. So when I hear that term, it sounds very basic, very simple. But there's so much to unpack when we talk about next level teaching because when I hear next level, I'm talking about a term that we use in education called intrinsic motivation, right? A lot of us in education, we don't need incentives in order to do what's right for kids. We just do it because we just have the passion just like you and I. We know that that's the right thing. You don't have to pay me 10 or 20,000 more dollars to to do what's right for kids. But for some folks, that's their motivation. And those are the same people who probably shouldn't be in education because you and I know, we don't get paid enough money to do this work, but that's not the primary reason why we go into this field. We do it because we know that we can have an impact, a transformative impact on students. So like right now, I want you to go ahead and just talk to us about Next Level Teaching. What inspired you to write the book? And what do you hope that teachers can gain from reading this book?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to that question, man. So I'm going to do my best to kind of answer that. You know, I could go on for forever. Honestly, the, the reason why I wrote that book, Point Blank, is that when I came out of, the, when I came out of college, I was like, man when I went into student teaching and then my first year, like I've never taught it like a picture perfect scenario. Like I never have. And I don't want to, because I want to be in a situation where like, I want to be in the thick of it. I want to be with kids that, yeah, man, I, I don't want to walk into a classroom and like the kids are like, I could do this without your help. Like I want to go into a classroom and, and like mix it up with the kids, have fun with the kids. And to an extent, like I want kids to 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 need me to be there, man. Like they need a they need a good role model or they just, you know, they maybe they need a laugh or whatever it is. So that's that's so that's like what I want. But when I was writing the book, I wrote the book because when I went into the world of education, I was like, man, I wasn't, I mean, I did well, but I wasn't as ready as I wish I was. You know, I, I wasn't ready enough, in my opinion. Like I went in and I was like, I went through four years of school and I wasn't ready for any of that. Right. So when I, when I wrote the book, it was basically this, what I wish I knew, what my, how my philosophies on education kind of um, morphed over time and how, you know, when I, when I kind of walked into the classroom the first time, if I could jump back to when I was 22, 23 years old, if I could tell myself like, this is, this is what you should know, or this is, you know, some of those things. That's why I wrote the book. You know what I mean? And honestly, when it comes to like what next level teaching is, it's really this. Like every teacher has a flair about them that's unique, that's different, that reaches kids in a way that, you know, I can't, you know, you can reach kids in a way that I can't reach them and I can reach kids in a way that you can't reach them. And that person over there can do the same thing, right? And it's, and it's not about, it's not about having like a specific formula to teach. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know what, I'm going to go to the next level. I'm going to take my game. Even if my game is amazing, you can always get better. No matter how good at teaching you are, you can always do something better. You can always look at what you did and think, how can I mix it up and make kids love it just a little bit more? And that's what it's about. And it's about how you, how you mix it up and, and take – Take your student engagement in your classroom to the next level, how you build relationships with kids to the next level, how you work within your school. And this idea that, you know, when I was teaching, I was like, man, I'm going to focus on my classroom and the rest of the school can do its thing, but I'm going to focus on my kids, my classroom. Well, that's a great way to start kind of the metamorphosis of your school to kind of get your school to, to start to change a little bit. But at the end of the day, what you do in your classroom should kind of spread out through your school like a tidal wave of amazing positive change. And then what are you doing outside your classroom? How can you take your interactions with your kids and your colleagues and just taking the whole atmosphere? Cause it sounds so cliche to say, you know, kids want to be at school. They're going to run into school. They're going to run into your classroom with smiles on their faces. It sounds so cliche, almost fake, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And what are you willing to do? And you're not going to be perfect. I wore this shirt for a reason, progress, not perfection, man. It's about getting a little bit better at what you do every single day and knowing that you're never going to be the best But, man, you're going to leave it all on the field. And at the end of the day, you can put your head down on your pillow and go, you know what, I did the best I could for kids today. If you could say that, if you could look at yourself in the mirror and say, I did the best I could today, I was not perfect, I'll never be perfect, that's that's taking it to the next level right there.
0: And, And I think that's the essence of teaching. Teaching is meant to be imperfect. And because it's imperfect, you have to be in a position to continue to build your capacity in whatever area you want to build in. And I don't care what content area you teach, whether you're a history teacher like yourself or a math teacher like I was or an ELA teacher or a science teacher, doesn't matter. We can always continue to build our capacity. And when you look at, you know, LeBron James, LeBron James was in year 17. And he's the greatest basketball player in our current era. And people think he's got the whole game down packed. But if you ask LeBron James, he'll tell you, I could have done this better. I could have shot my free throws better. I could be a better three point shooter. I can't, maybe I need to do a better job of taking care of the ball and not turn it over. Like there's always something to work on. And this idea of arriving in education, that just doesn't exist. We are always trying to build, always trying to build. But I wanna touch on something else because in your book, particularly in one of the chapters, you talk about student effort. And I wanna tell you why it just resonated with me. Because when I was in the classroom, the way I graded, I didn't just grade based on correctness, because I had an inclusion class. I had IP students, I had students who were ELL, 504. So I had to create a grading system that would allow them to continue to to develop a growth mindset, right? To not give up. Because I knew that there are kids coming in with math levels that were two, three years behind where they should be. So I know from myself, I would have, like half of the grading would be correctness and the other half would be effort. So let's say that they they get a homework assignment. They might get every question wrong, but this is math. If you're showing me some work, if you show me how you try to get there, I'm not gonna give you a zero. Because by giving you the zero, now I'm defeating you. Now I'm telling you, man, like, you can't do this. That's the message I'm sending, even though technically that's the grade that you should get based on correctness, I'm trying to motivate. So when you said in your book, and I'm gonna read this quote, quote by quote, you said, I don't care about grades i care about effort if the answer is wrong don't give up and don't stop make it the best wrong answer i've ever seen that last part right there because we get caught up with just the solution we don't think about the thought process so just just talk to me about effort and
1: man that is so that's one of my most that that right there honestly when i was writing the book that's one of my most favorite like parts of my book because for me that goes back to when i was in school man and like i had teachers that saw me as a grade a test score before i even showed anything about myself you know, I could have a presentation, and and the A the a, the straight A kid would hand me the mic and say, "Man, rock it out!" And I'd get us the A. But when it came to the test, man, I just struggled. And and kids struggle at certain things, and they're at certain levels. And but that here's the thing, man that that test at the end of the unit, that state test at the end of the year, does not define the 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 end game for some kid, man. That doesn't mm-hmm. define them. That but I, I when I speak when I when I speak to when I speak to teachers, I have all these teachers, man. For for so many years, we've been. Slammed down our throats with like test score test score data 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 and yeah that stuff's important and it has its place in education and we got to use that and and that's the thing you got to use it to, to make your classroom better to make your teaching better but that doesn't define a kid and the problem is what happens is these kids they walk into our classrooms it doesn't matter where you teach or what you teach or the grade level you teach after a while and if they've been in school long enough They start to realize it a little bit more or a little bit quicker. And all the kids that will walk into my classroom, man, they're shut down right off the bat because they think, you know what, man, I'm never going to get this. This is really hard for me. And so I'm just going to quit right now because it's easier to look cool quitting right now and to maybe act out a little bit than to put my absolute best and fail. And you know what's even worse? And it's like this as adults, too. It doesn't change just because they're kids and we're adults. Have you ever had a situation where you're like, you put your heart and soul into something and then people just laughed at it? like can Mm -hmm. like it rips your heart out and you're an adult can you imagine being a kid who's like trying to just be cool for a minute or trying to get friends or trying to find your own identity for crying out loud and that's what happens to you every single day and you know it and not only that but your friends around you know it and then the person who's supposed to be the most supportive person in the room thinks that about you like that rips you apart so what's easier i'm just gonna stop trying i'm not studying for nothing and so when i have my kids walk into my room i was like you know what I'm going to be the only, this is like the first day of school. That quote is on my door in my classroom. And obviously we're talking like, you know, the, it's, it's the pandemic right now. So I'm doing virtual teaching, but that quote is still on my door from last year when we got shut down. And when my kids walk in on the very first day of school, I tell them this, I'm going to be the only person that ever tells you, I don't care about your grades. I care about your effort. And you're like, and they're, you should see their eyes. They're like, huh, what are you talking about? And I say this, I care about the process because the process is what's going to change you. It's what's going to mold you. It's what's going to get you that promotion 15 years down the road. Right. Just because you can get the answer right right now, what happens? What happened? Oh, I, I, I get it straight A's on everything, Mr. Allsheimer. Guess what? I have a problem with that. If you don't study, I have a problem with that because you know what you're doing? You're training your, you're training your body, your brain, your mind, your soul, your everything that you're always just going to show up and it's just going to be easy. Well, what happens when you get to college and all of a sudden it's not easy? What happens when you get to the job and they want to offer you a $50,000 pay raise and all of a sudden now it's difficult? What are you going to do? You have not trained yourself to go 100% all the time, no matter what. What you've trained yourself is it's just going to become easy. So why try that hard at all? I'm going to have kids that are – I tell them, I'm going to have kids in here that struggle that might not even pass a single test all year. But you know what? If you show up every day and you put in maximum effort, and with that being said, you have to be point blank with kids you can't just say effort and try hard like that means different stuff to everyone right so what I tell my kids is that means this when you walk into my classroom you have a notebook and a pencil that means when you walk into my classroom effort means you walk in quiet ready to go and you say good afternoon Mr. Alzheimer that's effort when you walk into my classroom you sit down you look at the warm-up board if there's nothing there then you can talk to your friends if there's something there then you better get to it I even want my heading to look like this that's effort when I give you notes this is what it should look like that's effort when it's time to do a project I want you to take the lead on it I want you to not only take the lead on it but I'm challenging you right now to think of a way that you can make your project look even better yeah. than I've even asked that's effort and when it's push comes to shove and it's time to study I want to see that you were texting your friends at night questions to the the test from the study guide and you were you were really going all out during our study sessions in class that's effort I want to note from your mom via email or a phone call that said you were up 20 minutes studying or 30 minutes every night studying. Your brain's out. That's effort. And when push comes to shove, if you get a C, D, F, or a Z minus, I'm going to put my arm around you and say, I'm proud of you. Because to me, that's what matters the most. And all of a sudden, I've had kids. True story, man. I've had kids time and time and time and time again. Matter of fact, I just looked on my phone at a post I posted two years ago, and a kid said, you were the only one to ever motivate me. And I was like, God, I love that. And, it, and it's nothing other than I'm not the best at anything. I'm not, I don't know what to say all the time. I'm not the best at anything, but I will tell the kids like, this is what it needs to look like. And I promise you, and like, I'll tell you what, I had a girl, I, I told this story um, <laughs> right before the pandemic, right before we went home, I gave a test. And uh, even though my kids know, I I don't flip out about test scores. I care about the effort part of it. Yes. I had a test and my kids in my classroom, the way it works in our school is they take it on an iPad and they have to then submit it via iPad. And I tell my kids, you got to take student ownership, man. So when you, when you submit, (laughs) you're going to walk it over to me and show me your grade because I know whether you worked on it, I know whether you didn't. And if you worked, I'm going to say, I'm proud of you. If you didn't, well, we're going to call your mom after school and you're going to explain that she works all day for you and you're not working hard for her now. And so, this young lady who put in so much effort for me, man. She 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 submitted her assignment, never showed it to me. Plugged her iPad in, And I go, young lady, you need to, you know, what'd you get on the what you get on the test? And she didn't answer me. She just looked down. And I said, young lady, what'd you get on the test? And um, of course, I used her name, <laughs> and uh, and she didn't respond. And and so then uh, I said, can you meet me out in the hallway? And before I even got the words out of my mouth, she was walking out of the room. So I walked out of the room and I stood in the hallway with her and, and she looked down and she immediately started to cry. And I said, you know, I was using her name, but I said, young lady, I said, mm-hmm. what'd you get on your test? And she said, I don't want to tell you. And I said, why? She goes, I don't want you to be mad at me. And I go, why is that? She goes, cause I didn't do very well. And so she finally told me what she got and she didn't fail, but she didn't do anywhere near what she thought she deserved. And, and, and it wasn't good enough in her eyes. And immediately she told me and started to cry. And I, and I, kind of put my arm kind of around her side and I, I just looked at her and I said around her shoulder and I looked at her and I said listen kiddo I said you went To the next level on every assignment you did all your homework you did all your warm-ups you did your project and you took the lead I remember this one part in the project that you did and I even identified what that was and I said it was a group project and I said you did that and you made that you turned that project into something even better than I could have asked I said I don't care about this test score I care about that And you know what I'm proud of you kiddo and she I said let's call your mom after school and she was just bawling her brains out so happy and right there that's the key for kids that's the connection piece and then they will work My God, they'll go through a brick wall for you. You do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I think because we're in this high-stakes testing culture, it's put so much pressure on teachers because so much accountability is tied to the performance of students on these tests. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really taken the joy from the teaching experience just in general. Like, I can remember growing up, we had our state test, but it was a lot more project-based learning. Like, we were doing projects, a lot of fun activities. We weren't even thinking about this test all year long like we do now. Like, we make this, these tests like the Super Bowl. And we magnify it to the point where that's all that's on our mind. That's all that's on, you know, parents' mind. Because these are the same scores that they use to try to get their kids into high school of their choice. You know, so they play a huge role in the education landscape. But I think for me, with kids, for some kids, a C is their A. Yes, that's how yes. I look at it. Their yes. C is their A, and they should be damn proud of it.
1: Yeah, man, and put in you high
0: five them, and you're like, man,
1: what's up? I'm, that's that's it, man. And when you make a big ba- like, it's oh my goodness, I can't remember. I can't remember this one, the video. Oh my goodness. The person who said it is just the name escapes me, but the, the, it was about like, as a teacher, I can make a C feel like an A and I can feel like an A feel like it. You know what I'm talking about? And it was that moment. It's like, that's the thing, man. You have kids, like they get a C on something. And it's just like, they feel amazing for a second. What's the teacher going to respond with? And if the and if the teacher responds with a high five, I'm so proud of you, man. You just made that kid. You just took that kid to another level in their mind. They just feel so proud of themselves. And, like, that's the moments they remember. And you're right. Part of the problem is this – you know, the parents breathing down the, the child's neck. And to an extent, I completely understand that as an adult myself, as as a parent of two little girls, I understand that. You wanted to get into the gifted program, get into that school and that school, right? And then the, the teachers have the principals saying, we got to get these scores because the principal's got the superintendent saying that, and then there's funding involved. like. But at some point, we just got to sit back and go, man, what what is it all about? Because at some point, we, we start teaching, and it's almost like we forgot. And it's not our fault all the time, because this is like beating down our throats, right? Yeah, But it's like, you're you don't you're not almost like not even teaching anymore now you're just teaching to get kids to pass the test it's not about education it's not about molding minds it's not about getting kids to actually retain the information it's like all right i almost don't even care if you remember it i just need you to get that right answer on the test and that can't be what we're doing
0: right well i do want to talk about the fred lynn school fred lynn middle school now before I talk about that, Fred Lynn, cause I'm, I'm from Boston, like I'm in the Boston area. So Fred Lynn was a player for the Red Sox. Is that the same Fred Lynn?
1: <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, no, it's not.
0: No, okay. No, it's
1: not. But Fred Lynn middle school is to kind of give a little backdrop on Fred Lynn middle school. Fred Lynn middle school was just, it was a failing school for a long, long time at one point in time without, you know, being, being kind of careful with what I say. Uh, you could, if you were a teacher, you didn't wear your fred lynn gear to any professional developments because people are like wait a minute you teach it fred lynn immediately we lost all credit you can't say anything for the rest of the day and sound oh intelligent because you teach there like that's how bad it was man we were uh-huh. we were notoriously just that school that failed 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 it didn't matter like for years man we weren't accredited for years and then and then not to not to like jump Past your questions and things, but that's the point of that's kind of what the story was. And then all of a sudden, it's the slow trickle of trying to change that. So,
0: right. But now it's a totally different school. And your principal, Principal Hamish Brewer, yep. who is one of my favorite people, he is another person <laughs> who is just like off the chain, yeah, just yeah. skateboard riding, tattoo wearing. I mean. Principals don't look like that. Not <laughs> principals like that. That were just that cool, and right, you wanted to go to school because you had a principal like that. So you had to talk to me about Principal Brewer.
1: Yeah, The influence man. he's
0: had on you, and the influence he had, he's had on the culture at Fred Lynn.
1: Yeah, I love that, dude. That's a great. That's just this question is great because you know the the fact that I get to work under Hamish Brewer is amazing. Um, I still remember them. I always tell this story, I and mean, I still remember the day he showed up to school. He had my wife knew about him before I even knew. I just all I didn't care, like, I was at friendly middle school. I would refuse to leave. I actually drive an hour and a half that's my commute to get to school and to get home an hour and a half. Like, that wow. sounds insane. I just I don't want to leave. Like, that's my school, that's my kids, that's my community, that's what I care about, right? I just can't afford to live there. You know what I mean? It's, it's cheaper where I live, so that you know, I live where I live, but um. You know, the first day he rolled in, here's this principal who's got this reputation for changing schools, changing the game and being this and being that. And uh, and I remember when he was getting interviewed, I, he laughs when I tell this story, but he basically, you know, they interviewed all these different people. And I was talking to a teacher that was on the interview committee because I refused to be on it. I was like, you know what, they're not going to pick who we want, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the, the teacher said, you know, this guy basically, you know, kicked the door and interviewed us. I was like, that's who we want right there. Let's get him. And so they hired him And the very first day. I met him in the hallway and he starts talking to me and trying to figure, probably figure me out. And I was like, listen, man, I have a reputation here. You have a reputation. Both our reputations don't mean anything until we get results. So that's what I want to see. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold back, you know, everything until I see what you're willing to do because until then it's all talk. By the end of the very first day, I stood up in the staff meeting. and was like, I told I told him when we talked I was like I'm not re- I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid till it's time to drink the Kool-Aid, right? Like I'm not going to I'm not going to just like jump on your bandwagon just because you have like this reputation cuz so do I, right? And uh so I jumped up in the very first staff meeting I'm like listen man I'm I'm here man I love what you're doing I love everything about it. And honestly it was basically the situation where you know education for so long you have to it's like you have to look a certain way talk a certain way pull your tie up super tight, you know, and and like that sounds great and everything. And at one point, you know, I'd talk about in the book how we brought a UFC fighter to our school and we yeah. even had, you know, we had people that were like, wait, we're bringing in a fighter to talk to kids about fighting. And I was like, no, it's a similar situation as this, right? We brought in a fighter to talk to kids who could only be reached by a fighter. Like not everybody's the same. Right. And likewise, when he came in, he's like, listen, man, every teacher can teach. However, that, you know, you do your thing. If it's good for kids, it's good for education. And he was riding a skateboard because some kids like skateboards, man. Um, he, We put, you know, some kids like to wear hats. So we put our logo on a hat and then you can wear a hat in school. As long as it says Fred Lynn Middle School or Hornets, like you can wear a hat because some kids identify with that. Like, why are we pushing people away because of what they like to wear, how they speak, this or that? Why? Why are we doing this? Like, this is identifying people and trying to push them away from education. That's not the point. The point of education is to draw people in and then give them an opportunity to succeed later in life. And teachers like, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter. Like, obviously we want to do our jobs well, but if I do better in a hoodie, then what's it matter? Right? So I had teachers like straight up, man. I had teachers, I was doing a keynote speech and I showed a video where I had a hat on backwards. It was a Fred Lynn hat. But a hat on backwards, I. it was cold out, so I had a hoodie and a vest. I looked like, you know, I looked like just the coolest person that's in any class, man. Like, I looked like I was probably a senior in high school, right? right. And they're like, wait, you can wear that stuff? And I was like, why not? That hat and that hoodie doesn't affect how I teach, but you know what it might do? It might connect with a kid in the room because that's what I wear on a normal basis. You know, I wear t-shirts, hoodies, and hats, man. Like, so that's kind of the, that's kind of his approach. And then he was like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to basically spray paint the walls with all this positive imagery. You know, we're going to put, we're going to put pictures of positive people on the walls. We're going to put quotes from, from all kinds of cultures, man, all over the place. You know, we're going to have quotes from authors. We're going to have quotes from presidents. We're going to have quotes from uh, Bruce Lee, you know, uh, a, kung fu expert you yeah, know what kung i mean fu, if it's if, it, right? yep. if it's a positive if it's positive we're gonna put it on our walls man and and um he just kind of revolutionized the look and he just changed the look and he said go for it you know and he's on top of that he's like you can't be looking you can't be like spray painting walls and doing the same junk you always been doing in your classroom you know mm-hmm. and it's like what every teacher wants to hear like every teacher wants someone to come in and be like go for it just if you want something ask i'll give it to you if you want to do something ask I'll let you and if you don't want to ask just do it and if I walk by and it's loud but kids are learning I'm down with that if you're standing on top of tables or we're building robots or we're blowing stuff up or you know we're creating historical simulations in class where kids are living history like that's how you learn so let's go and let's make it happen and let's make this let's ignite this school and completely change the game for lack of a better word that sounds so cliche but it's so true man and and it was just an all-in or you're out atmosphere and the teachers jumped on board. And we were, and let's be real, man. When we did some crazy stuff, it didn't always work. Sometimes we fail this stuff. But you know what? I, I, just, I just said this, man. I'd rather have teachers fail occasionally trying to make something amazing than doing the same thing you've always been doing. And that's as a parent or a student, I'd want
0: that. Right, right. And that's what makes Principal Brewer so special and relentless. See what you yes. did right there, right? <laughs> and, and what's funny is you all are within a public school district. And I want to point this out. And here's why, because there are a number of principals who would love to create this utopian type of situation. They would love to not have to think about dress codes and uniform and all these other things that don't really factor into the success of children, in my opinion. Right. 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 And also when you have superintendents and central office officials that are breathing down your neck that's enough for you to not take that bold step and do what's best for your staff and do what's best for your students but you have a principal here who's like no we're going to create this culture because that's what's going to work for my staff that's what's going to work for my students that's what's going to work for this entire community that we have at Fred Lynn and I think that part is really special
1: it is special it is special man I you know I kind of I said this he won principal of the year and I said something that I said something along the lines of like, he was a maverick of education that when everybody, and he's also a, used to be a fireman. So I, so I said, you know, you're like a maverick of education, man. When everybody was running away from the fire, you ran it. And, and the teachers that were there ran in, stayed in, however you want to put it, you know what I mean? And you're right, man. A lot of times people get involved in leadership and, they change, you know, when, when you're a young teacher, you're like, I want to do this and I want to do this. But yes. then the realization, part of it is the realization that you can't do all that stuff. And then the other part of it is, you know, what is everybody around me going to think or what are they going to say or the judgment that I'm going to get? And sometimes you just have to be like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. It's, it's unique. It's different. And everybody's, you know, there's a, there's a great Disney movie called Cool Running.
0: Oh yeah, and yes, Making I just, yeah. yeah, yes, yeah,
1: man, yeah, yeah. I love that movie. And one of the actors says in it, he goes, um, "Everybody's afraid of what's different," and that's so true. So oftentimes, like people are afraid of what's different, and so and because you know maybe it's gonna totally flop, or maybe it's gonna be the most amazing thing. But people are so scared to do it, you know, for for whatever reason. And, um, in our case, man, it worked. We went from a failing school year and year, years and years and years to all of a sudden we were, you know, we were accredited. And I remember, I still remember the day if you, if you watch the relentless, uh, and relentless chasing accreditation documentary, the relentless one was him showing up at our school, relentless chasing accreditation. It's on YouTube. It had like over the first one had over 36 million views on, on social media. And then a million, and then the other one had a couple million, but at the end it was, he, you know, he brings in this, uh, block with a flag that was the last time our school was accredited that he put in cement and we took a sledgehammer and sledgehammered
0: that thing out of there because we finally we finally did it and it was just an amazing feeling wow and and those are the stories that we need to hear more often you know we can easily get caught up in the politics of what we do but in the end this is why we have to continue to do the work and if politicians aren't going to say anything about what the importance of this work is. We're going to continue to amplify that because our kids need us and we got to continue to, to keep pushing forward, you know, for them. But wow. Um, I want to go ahead and get into the lightning round, you know, <laughs> this has been a great conversation, but we want to get to know, you know, you a little bit more because you know, you're know you a real energetic guy. Yeah, You have a lot going on. So I want to know from you what's one song that gets you pumped up to teach? Is there a song <laughs> that pumped up?
1: Oh my gosh, dude, really? Let's
0: see. There's one,
1: hold up, hold up. I got it right here. My daughter, my young my 3-year-old actually heard this and it's a and it's a clean song, but it's from Fast and Furious and I love this song cuz it resonates so much with my school and our situation and it's, and it's from the Hobbs and Shaw Fast and Furious movie, and it's called All Roads Lead Home, man. And it's mm-hmm. like, I always picture like my classroom, All Roads Lead Home, man, coming to my classroom. We're going to do it differently. We're going to do it my way. Coming to this school, it's just different. We're going to be excited about learning education. So that song, if you haven't downloaded that one, check that one out. It's awesome.
0: All right. Cool, cool, cool. And outside of your book, what's one book that every educator should read? I'm going to point out two, if you don't mind. Hey, I'm going to point out two. One, I got to say, because I, I
1: endorsed it. I was a guest writer, was Relentless from Hamish Brewer. You got to go with that one. But let's go with the less obvious one. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the guy David Goggins, but he has a book. He's, he's a, he's a mil, former military Um, He runs like ultra marathons, 100 milers and all this stuff. And he wrote he wrote a book called Can't Hurt Me. And he talks about how he grew up in Buffalo in this picture perfect neighborhood. But inside his home life was really, really awful. And and he basically it's a it's a motivational book that's like, listen, like, get get up, gear up and let's go. And if you if you're the type of person that whether you're it's not has nothing to do with education, it's like a life goal book. But it's basically him telling stories about overcoming adversity and the million different ways that he did that. And I don't care if you're a teacher, if you're an athlete, if you're a Marine, if you're anybody, man, you read a couple chapters of this book and, like, you are ready to go. You'll work till midnight. This book is phenomenal. I will also preface it with this there's lots of language in it, so be very careful. Like, don't read it and think, man, you know, you're never going to see a cuss word there. It's loaded with them, but right. the content is amazing.
0: The content's amazing. Awesome. All right is there another MMA fight in the future?
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was a, <laughs> so that was uh my wife, uh, bless her heart, man. She let me, she said, you can do one. She, she's like, you can do one. Don't ever ask me for another one. If you do forget it, like we'll have a fight ourselves. <laughs> so the answer to that is no, but I'll tell you what the, the, You know, obviously, you read the book, and in the book, I I talk about how I wasn't I wasn't okay with you know taking everything to the next level. I wasn't okay with just any fight on the fight card. I wasn't going to be the first scrub fight that no one's going to watch. I talked my and I'm I'll talk, man. You know it. I'm talking right now. I talked my way into the main event. I talked my way into a title fight against a guy with like 16 fights, two-time champ. Guy was amazing, and I had just barely been training, but I had a heart and passion for it. and And it was a good it was a good fight. It was a close fight. I almost won in the first minute and then I end up losing but but I'll tell you what, man, it was an amazing experience. And I will say this, no to that. However, I will point, I will say this, just because I was told no, but I will say to anybody else, man, it, I did it because I had this like passion and love for doing stuff. I like to go out and do things. I refuse to live my life on the sidelines, get off the couch, let's go. And, and that's my mentality on life um, in, the, in the profession, in my personal and professional life. as I do the same thing, man. So if, if anybody's listening, man, if there's something you want to do, go for it. And just say Mr. Allsheimer said you could do it.
0: (laughs) Now, listen, and speaking of which, talk about student empowerment. I actually got a chance to watch the fight on YouTube. And I was just like, okay, you you (laughs) held your own in there. Like, you held your own in there. Based based on how you were performing, there was no way I could tell that you had limited training. You you just looked like you had been doing it for – (laughs)
1: so the crazy part was man like they they made it very specific that I was a a teacher like they said it multiple times I had only been training technically training for three months I was just an athlete off the street that had I've always wanted to do it you know but I was a father you know i limited time teacher like that's my game plan and like and I tell my kids like all my students have seen it and they're like Mr. Al and and I use it as a teaching tool man I'll talk about like Cause it was a, it was a different kind of fight. It was, it's called boonchu, So it's like Muay Thai, but with MMA gloves, it's not the most safe, but, but you know, I got knocked down and then there's an eight count or I thought it was a quick eight count, but like, then you can get back up, keep going. I tell my kids like, it didn't matter. I, I was always going to keep getting back up. You can call me Rocky, Rocky one, Rocky four, Rocky, whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I might not have been the best, and I'm never the best at anything. And I said, that's life, man. No matter what you're doing, whether it's that or anything else. But like, one, go after your dreams, go after your goals, have fun in life. Obviously, be safe, but have fun in life. And then number two, you get knocked down, keep getting back up. And you know what? There's something to be learned about. Like I shook that that gentleman's hand after the fight, and like there was a respect factor there because it was like, man, no matter how many times I knocked you down, I've been training my whole life. I'm I'm two-time champ, this and that. You kept getting back up. I'm better than you. Like, I lost. I wasn't as good. But I kept getting back up. And for that reason alone, I earned respect in his eyes. So I could take that. That's a win in my book. People's champ. Let's go.
0: Uh, Yes, sir. And the best part about it was the comments from me. The fight was awesome. But the comments saying, yo, that was my seventh grade teacher. (laughs) Hey, that's Mr. Alzheimer. Hey, I know him. Yeah. I was in his class. Like, that was the part that resonated with me the most. The fact that you were able to inspire your students and they were proud to see you on that screen. Yeah. And it it didn't matter if you were getting your butt whooped or you were getting knocked down. The fact that you're on that screen is like, yeah, that's my teacher. They had pride in, in saying that.
1: Yeah. And I had a student that I had a student that had that was having a tough year that year. Like it was t- he was one of those kids because you can't get everybody, you know. And there was one there was a kid in my class that like it was just a struggle, man, trying to get this kid to like be motivated. And all of a sudden, you know, it was the very next school year. And, and somehow they found that on YouTube and he watched it. And the next thing I know, he came in the next day and he's like, Mr. Allsheimer, I've always wanted the box. Next thing I know, he's talking to me. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, man, I watched the fight. He's like, I know you lost. But he's like, man, I see, I saw that one time where you had him almost wobbled. And he's like, he's like, man, what did that feel like? And he's like, and, and then he started talking to me about training. And then and then I said, listen, man. So we got into it. Next thing I know, I said, you know what, man? And then I said, I, I almost equate like schoolwork like training. You know, I was training for this fight. I said, right now, you're like, you're training for like your next, your fight's like, you know, this the end of the school year test and then and college and then or trade school and then what are you doing after and he was like boom it clicked and like it's weird how even something like a fight that most people are like wait a minute you talk to your kids about that yeah because you know what it got that kid to bring a notebook the next day so I'll there talk you know. about whatever you know what I mean I don't care I don't care if it gets kids to
0: if it gets kids though to want to wanna learn I will talk about it and we will make that happen yeah I think Machiavelli said it best the ends justify the means. Absolutely. We do whatever we have to do to make it happen. But Jonathan, man, this has been an incredible conversation. I want to thank you for coming on the show, but before you um, run off, because I know you have to get to your to your young ladies and your wife yeah. and everybody. Can you just share your social media information? How can people follow you and just all the great work you're doing in the community? Thank you so much. So. Uh, I'm on. In, I'm new to Instagram, kind of. Um,
1: at Mr. Alshimer on Instagram. I've been on Twitter for a little while, so at Mr. Alshimer on Twitter. Um, you know, just reach out if 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 you're a teacher that wants to connect and, and talk about lesson plans, reach out. If you're if you are a school that wants a speaker, reach out. If you're, I keep it real simple. You know, I'm just I I, I respond to people. I talk to people because I love talking about education. So reach out at Mr. Alshimer Twitter and Instagram, and uh, and I love
0: to learn from others. Yes. And he's just full of knowledge. You know, I've been able to connect with them, you know, for a few things. So when he says that he will share what he knows, he is a man of his word and I can attest to that. So thank you again, good brother. And let's keep up the good work. And I wish you a good day, man. Thank you. Appreciate the time, brother. Man. Thank you. So here you go, folks. We, we, are about to wrap up another incredible episode of I Talk for Educators Live. And once again, if you want to hear more content, please subscribe to Apple Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, and all podcasting platforms. And also leave a review. If there is something that you want to hear more of, if you heard something that resonated with you, a quote a story that resonated with you from this episode and even previous ones, we want to know because we want to continue to give you that content. So please feel free to share that in the review section on Apple podcast. And just another note, um, at Danny Talk Consulting, we have released some programs for teachers, particularly new teachers. So if you're someone that's trying to shape their teacher identity and you're looking for some professional development, We have a new virtual program on Teachable called Shape to the Teach Identity 101, which is specialized for teachers who want to find their way. Just like Jonathan had to find his way into education, just like I had to find my way, there's a program that's now designed to help you find your way so that you can do the work that is most purposeful for you. So make sure you check that out on Teachable. And then also, if you want to be an author and you're an educator, if you want to write a book just like Jonathan, just like myself and so many others. We have a course for that as well called Spell, the Self-Publishing Educators Learning Lab. And that is also on Teachable. So make sure you check us out on Teachable. And if you want to reach out, you can email me at adetalkforeducators.com. We'd love to hear from you. But until then, people, we're going to sign off. So right now, I want to wish you a good night, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. And I hope to do this with you again soon. All right. Peace out, people. Thank you for listening to the Identity Talk for Educators Live podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram with the handle at Identity Talk for Educators Live. And that's a numeral four in the middle. You can also subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other streaming platforms. We're always striving to provide you with quality content. So if you love what you heard tonight, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And to check out the video episodes of the podcast, you can visit our website at www.identitytalkforeducators.com. Thank you and have a great day.